The first mystery, the first joyful mystery is the mystery of the Annunciation, the mystery of the Incarnation. God, the Father, responds to the desire, the thirst of the heart of Mary. She is the woman who has consecrated herself in virginity, longing for the coming of the Messiah. And we know the famous words of Saint Albert the Great. At the moment of the Incarnation, Mary conceived in her heart before conceiving in her flesh. Mary, in a contemplative faith, is totally open to live of this mystery, allowing him to be one with the Father, one with the fruitfulness of the Father, one with the contemplation of the Father. She is really the spouse of the Father at the moment of the Annunciation, receiving his son, receiving his deepest secret, his word. And maybe at that moment, is not only filled with the joy of God, and that's the way the archangel looks at her, is not Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, but rejoice, you are woven with our joy. That's the Greek words. But she also has to accept to enter in a new poverty. When she asks, how will it be done? She has to accept that it will be the work of the Holy Spirit. She has to leave it in the darkness of faith. She doesn't need to know the how. She has also to accept to offer to God, the one to whom her whole heart is given, the limit of a human nature and also the capacity, the capacity to suffer. So it is really in the same time a joyful and the beginning of the sorrowful mystery, the joy of receiving her God coming to dwell in her and the source of offering to him a capacity to suffer in his human body. We should ask Our Lady to help us live of the same fiat, let it be done to me according to your word, according to your will, so that we really allow the Father to move us the way he wants, to take possession of us the way he wants, to attract us the way he wants, accepting to live it in total trust and surrender. The second joyful mystery, the mystery of the visitation. A direct consequence of the Incarnation when the second person of the Holy Trinity takes possession of the heart of Our Lady, the, second cons the immediate consequence is this mystery of fruitfulness, the mystery of fraternal charity. The life that Our Lady has received can only overflow and she goes in haste to give this overflowing to Elizabeth and the little John, John the Baptist. It's also the first moment when we see the mediation of Our Lady, 
she's immediately mediatrix of the Holy Spirit given to John and his mother simply through the greetings, simply through the voice of love with which she greets Elizabeth. The voice has always been understood as a symbolism of the Holy Spirit in the tradition of the Church. It's a mystery where Elizabeth proclaims an essential beatitude of Mary. She is blessed in her faith. It's also a mystery which implies the poverty. Mary goes directly from Nazareth to Ein Karim. She doesn't stop to bring the good news to Joseph. There we see how much she is not simply following a human heart, a human desires, but really attentive to the will of God, really attentive to the motions of the Holy Spirit in her. And it's a mystery which is a reminder that the more Jesus is present to us, the more we are attentive to him, the more he will offer to us the fruitfulness of charity the more he will offer to us to bring him to others. It's a joyful mystery where Our Lady not only offers to Elizabeth the joy of being the mother of God, but also where she's confirmed, although she leaves all this in the darkness of faith, Elizabeth confirms to her that she is indeed blessed by God. We need one another, not only in order to give to others the love that we receive from Christ, but we also need them because they are those who manifest to us that we are indeed on the right path. The third joyful mystery, the Nativity in Bethlehem. God in his providence organized everything through the census demanded by Caesar for Mary and Joseph to be on the road because all the inns were full at that time because of the census. So much so that Joseph and Mary had to end up in a very hidden place. And all this was part of the government of God for the nativity to take place in a very hidden way far from the noise of Bethlehem, far from the curiosity of people. The first one who could see the face of God was Mary in silence. God offered himself to be contemplated by his mother and Joseph, away from the people who would not have understood the mystery. And it was probably difficult for Joseph to accept in his responsibility towards the child, towards Mary, to accept that he couldn't offer better for this unique moment where God could be seen. It's a mystery where we see a mystery of tenderness, the first smile of God the first smile of the child to his mother, the silent bonding. Mary had been waited like any mother for nine months. 
and now she's totally turned towards him, accepting the separation that any birth implies, but also discovering through the visit of the angels that indeed what is taking place is a mystery of joy offered to Israel, offered to all men. The nativity doesn't imply really a separation. It's a contemplative mystery. Mary gives birth in a miraculous way. Although the child is not in the womb, he is in fact now closer to his mother. The bond of charity, the substantial bond, is even closer after the birth than before. It's a mystery where we're invited to learn looking at Christ, to enjoy looking at Him, to enjoy admiring Him, and to discover that every time we look at Jesus, we please the Father. Every time we let ourselves be attracted by Him, we do the will of His Father. It's a mystery of silence, which is such a reminder of what takes place when we pray. We hide ourselves from others. When you want to pray, go to your room, close your door, and pray in silence, admiring Christ, loving Him, and being totally focused on Him. The mystery of the presentation is already the beginning of a separation. On one hand, Mary, although she doesn't need to be purified, does what the law demands and offers her firstborn to God. It's a mystery where she proclaims that the child that she has received belongs to God. The words of Eve, I have received a child from God, and give to God what belongs to God. Mary already chooses to be mother and servant of the child in total poverty. She's mother and servant of the Son of God himself. But it's also an occasion to receive through Simeon this prophecy that she can keep in her heart. He will save his people, Israel. He will bring the good news to the whole world. She's mother of the Savior. In this liturgical act, where she offers her son, she accepts already a new poverty. But a new poverty allowing her to receive even more in hope what Simeon is telling her. The child is not given to her, but has to be given through her to many. She leaves this motherhood joyfully, but totally depossessed. She knows that she is the poor and humble servant of the marvels that the Father wants to accomplish through Jesus. And it's the same for us. It's a reminder that Every time Jesus takes more and more possession of us, every time he gives himself to us in the Eucharist, it is indeed a gift to us 
but it's also for us to be more and more a mediator channel for others, more and more servant of his presence given through us to many. The more Jesus takes possession of our life, the more we have to manifest his presence to others that is joyful, but that is also a mystery of poverty. The fifth joyful mystery, the finding in the temple, and also a new experience of mediation, where Mary has to choose to bring to Jesus the anxiety of Joseph. Joseph has been chosen by God to be responsible for the Holy Family, and he has lost the child. Jesus can only do what is the will of the Father. She is not in anxiety, it is Joseph who is. And she accepts to be mediatrix of his anxiety to present it to Jesus. There, living already the beginning of her compassion, beginning of a royal priesthood. It's a mystery where Jesus manifests that everything in him is for the Father. He comes from God and has to return to God. It's a mystery where Jesus shows that his mission is the truth. He has the mission to reveal to us the Father and clearly to correct where Israel has been led astray, where the truth has not been transmitted in the right way. And he does it as a child, not yet as a preacher, not yet as a teacher, not yet as a doctor. And as a child in humility, instead of teaching, he asks questions in order to help those who listen to him be even more open to what he's going to say. It is really Christ, the Son of God, the truth, who chooses to humble himself, asking questions to those who listen to him in order to be closer to us, which shows from the first moment of the Incarnation that this is indeed the way that God is going to constantly use, not a way of power, but a way of littleness in order to bring us back to Him. God choosing to be lower than us in order to exalt us. It is indeed a joyful mystery, but obviously it prepares all those separations that will take place during the sorrowful mysteries. But it is joyful. The heart of Mary must have been joyful to see her son, not yet officially starting his apostolic life and his mission, but nevertheless already starting to bring the light. Then she's really the mother of the one sent by the Father to bring the light to the world. But she accepts also the poverty of the answer of Jesus. Didn't you understand that I'm for the Father? Mary knows it. Maybe knows that her son is totally for his father, but she has to accept the consequences at the practical level, letting go of her own prudence in order to let 
the ways of God take over. And that's the same in our life. We have to find peace and we can only find peace and joy when we accept to let go of our ways in order for the ways of God to become the light that we follow. Another one will lead you sometimes where we don't want to go. But nevertheless, it is always greater than when God is leading our life rather than ourselves.